Welcome to Design Lessons, the podcast where we design our teaching days to be fulfilling for us and irresistible to our students. I'm Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore, and instructional design is my superpower. Each episode, we will take actionable steps to create great teaching days. We'll focus on mindset, real-world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking for us and our students. So, whether you're on your commute to school, walking your dog, or doing the dishes, let's start designing. Hey, designers. Have you been putting your one little word to work for you this year? In episode 16, we talked about how to put your one little word to work to help you achieve specific goals. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk to Jen Lafine, the creator of TeachRight. Now, you've probably heard us talk about her on the podcast before, and I've had the pleasure of participating in her Time to Write workshop, and she has created a phenomenal community. And as you may have noticed, season two is focused on how people have turned their passion projects into real-world opportunities. So in this episode, notice how Jen has taken something that she's passionate about teaching, writing, and is now helping teachers become better writers so that they can become better teachers of writing. Now, I want you to note that having a passion project doesn't require you to leave the classroom. In fact, I want you to think of it as something that brings you joy and is anchored in your curiosity. Jen, I am so happy that you are here. Um, we have been talking about you, so your ears have <laughs> must have been burning. Um, because in episode four, when we talked to Michelle Hazeltine, she talked about time to write and um, and you, um, and also talking to Andy Schoenborn. Um, he also mentioned time to write and teach write, and I said, "Oh my goodness." we have definitely got to talk to Jen. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, and then also, you know, why did you create TeachRight? Like, so how did you get this great community um, together? Oh, wonderful. Well, thank, first of all, thank you for having me, for um, taking the time to talk with me. I am passionate about what I do. And um, I'm just so excited to be able to bring a little bit of um, TeachRight to your audience. So thank you for that. So I am Jen Lafine. I'm the founder of TeachRight. We help teachers and their students grow as writers. I do that through uh, workshops and through sharing of information on my blog and on my newsletter and through webinars and all that kinds of good stuff. Um, super excited to help any teacher who wants to grow as a writer uh, find their writing confidence and writing voice, because I do truly believe that teachers who write make the best teachers of writers. And that's something that I've always, always um, lived by. So uh, let's see, I am a former elementary teacher. I taught fourth and fifth grade for nine years. And during that time, I really struggled with teaching writing. We didn't really have a curriculum but we know we have standards and our kids are assessed on writing. And uh, it was just really, really painful, not only to teach writing, but also to learn from me about teaching, right? About uh, being a writer. I felt really bad for my students back then. Um, and then a couple of years after I started teaching, I had 
the uh, good luck to be able to attend the National Writing Project Summer Institute at the University of Mil uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And that's mm -hmm. where I discovered writing and writing for myself. And it was from that point on that I decided that I was going to use my experience as a writer to help me teach writing. And it was a game changer. Mm -hmm. And as time went on, I just um, loved it so much that I decided that I was going to take the show on the road. I left the classroom and I started Teach Write, which is where I'm at right now. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's it's been four years uh, since I've been out of the classroom, but I stay in touch with what's going on in the classroom through my community and through my relationships with teachers and um you know, super excited to still be able to work with teachers and affect students through the work that I do. So, and I feel like your your story almost sort of epitomizes this idea of creating a real world opportunity. Yes. You saw a need based on your experiences with your students, um, and then sort of looked at okay, how can I do this better with them? But then also, how might I make this better for? you know, other teachers as well? How do I support um, those who are teaching writing? And how do I help develop um, teachers who are writers so that they have that real world experience? So then that makes them a better teacher of writing. Yeah, without a doubt. And I realized that I'm like, if it was happening to me, it had to be happening to other people too where they were struggling to teach writing and didn't enjoy teaching. I know from my own experience in the classroom, there were a lot of times where we didn't teach writing because we didn't know how, or we didn't have a system or a program or a curriculum and, Oh, look, we're out of time kids. Okay. We'll do writing tomorrow. <laughs> okay. It got put on the back burner and writing is too important to be on the back burner. Writing weaves in and out of every other content area, and it need, kids need to know how to write because not only is it so important, but also writing is a tool for thinking, and students and teachers, once they learn that, it is a game changer. You know, it's so funny as you, it's before you even got to that line about writing is a, is a tool for thinking. I was thinking in, to myself, you know, writing is, is thinking, is thinking. exactly. Yeah. And, and showing, um, you know, sometimes writing is so powerful for organizing your thoughts. Yes. Um, it's so powerful for communicating what it is that you want someone to know about you or your ideas or what's important to you. Yes. And that's why teachers who are writers are better teachers of writers because as they experience the power of writing and what they can discover and learn and clarify and solve through writing, their students can too. And there is absolutely no way that any curriculum can teach that skill. It has to be learned. And the only way to learn it is to experience it yourself. Mm. So I'll get teachers who argue with me when they tell them, when they read, they get upset when I say teachers who write make the best teachers of writers. You know, they argue with me. They're like, I'm a darn good writing teacher. Well, 
I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just saying like you are missing something if you are not also writing. And that's one of the reasons why I love my time to write workshop because it gives teachers the time to do that writing and to do that thinking and processing and also um, to connect with others and learn from the experiences of others and to know that it's, you know, like there's that shared experience as well. So that's been very, very powerful. So how does being a a teacher writer um, affect relationships with students? Oh, again, like I think game changer is like, if you need a title for this podcast, let's just call it game changer. Um, (laughs) When I started writing, it completely changed my experience with my students uh, in many ways. First, they saw me doing the work. Okay. They saw Mm -hmm. me struggling with the things I was writing. They saw me making mistakes. They saw me going through the revision process and they learned that that is how writing is done. Writing is like this big mystery. Like how do you take all these words that are going around in your head and get them to come out in any kind of, you know, coherent shape? Um, seeing the teacher write and makes that learning visible to students gives them permission to try and gives them like a road to follow. Um, Mm. Also it, when you're conferring with students, this was a big, a big thing for me too. When I would sit side by side with a writer and talk about writing, instead of saying like, Oh, do this, this, and this. And I'm marking like every single thing in their writing that is wrong. Because if we don't, if we're not writers ourselves and we're, grading writing, oftentimes we tend to look for what's wrong and we get bombarded or the student gets bombarded with, with the feedback that they don't even know where to begin. When you can sit as a writer with a student and talk writer to writer and say, Hey, I noticed in your writing that this is happening. Here's something that I tried in my writing. Do you think that might work for you? Yeah. And then that actually becomes sort of the thinking part of it too. It's not just I'm um, doing the things that my teacher has marked wrong on my paper and now I've got to make it right Right. as if there was a right or a wrong. Um, That really helps them to think about what do I need to do as a writer in order to communicate more effectively in order for the piece to have the effect that I'm intending for my audience. And I, I can imagine that if you are um, giving feedback and it's the feedback, like you said, that where your paper is bleeding, the kids are feeling like, well, writing such a negative thing. Yes. If, if when I, every time I write, somebody's saying I need to correct, 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 correct this. Um, and I noticed the first thing um, I recently gave a, an assignment and it truly was just a reflection assignment. It was taking your draft and um, articulating what are three key revisions that you're making to your um, story. And, you know, um, automatically kids generally go to, depending on um, the writing instruction that they've had previously, they go to the punctuation and the grammar because it's the easiest thing to quote unquote fix. Um, 
And so it's having those conversations about, okay, what is it that you, this, in this case, it was a narrative. What is it that you want your characters to be doing here? What's the complication that you're adding to the rising action um, that's going to make their conflict, you know, have more tension. Right. So like having those kinds of conversations um, is, is I think even as a teacher, writer, writer of, you know, is more gratifying to me than whether or not you know where the comma goes in your sentence. Oh, absolutely. There was a um, a time when I was, towards the end of my classroom time, I took a, a course uh, about writing for children because mm-hmm. I wanted to write a middle grade novel. And yeah. part of the course was writing like short stories and then we would get we would send the short story in and an author, like a, you had a published author who was your mentor, uh, that mm. author would read and give you feedback on your story. And so I wrote this story and before I sent it into my mentor, my mentor author, I um, gave it to my students and I asked them for their feedback because I thought, mm. you know, here I've got the audience right in front of me of who could read the story, right? Why not take advantage of that? So I gave them um, a copy of my story and they worked in partners and they gave me feedback. We used uh, the tag method for feedback. I asked them to tell me something they like, which is the T. The A is ask me um, some questions. What questions pop in your mind as you're reading? And G, give me some suggestions. Okay, so tell me something you like, ask a question, give a suggestion. The feedback I got from them, the suggestions and the questions was mind-boggling. What they saw in my writing that I missed Mm. or that didn't make sense to, you know, a 10-year-old. And that that was totally awesome for me, but it was so incredibly empowering for them. Oh, yeah. That they were able to give their teacher feedback. And you know what? Like, that is also one of the benefits of being a teacher writer is that boundary of, I don't have all the answers. And it's okay that I don't have all the mm-hmm. answers, but we can work together and figure them out. Um, and then when the author gave me feedback, when I like spiffied it up according to like what I, what I ne- felt I needed to do after the kids looked at it, but my author, like they send a letter back with the writing and the author's mm-hmm. like, this is a really good piece of writing. I can tell you, you've like nailed the the age perfectly. And so I brought the letter <laughs> in and read it to my kids and they cheered and they clapped and they were just, they were so invested wow. in that as well. So they get to see that writing can be a celebration as well, right? It doesn't have to be, like you said, like bleeding. Yeah. And it is many times it should be. So I love that. So it sounds like just being a teacher writer kind of, um, and and when I say the words coming to me is forces you, but I mean that in a very positive way. Um, It it allows you and kind of shapes you to have those conversations with kids that are really authentic to the kinds of conversations that writers have. Um, And then in your example with Tad, um, you gave them sort of a structure to give feedback, yes. right? So feedback's not something they do naturally, um, or as I say, critical feedback is not something that students do naturally, but truly giving them a framework, you know, really helped them to give you feedback that was meaningful to you and also gave them practice in this skill of giving feedback to someone. Right. Well, we had um, TAG is the feedback method that I taught them to use 
throughout the whole entire year. So anytime they finished writing and they wanted to get a friend to read their writing to give them feedback, you know, if you give someone writing and you don't tell them what you're looking for, they're going to give it back to you. They're going to go, it was good. Or I liked it. And that's not really helpful to a writer who's looking to improve their writing. Right. Yes. But we can yeah. deliver the feedback in a way that honors the work the writer has done. So I always taught them the final decision is yours as the, as the writer. Um, but see what other people think, because not everybody's going to read your words the way that you intend for them to be written or read and getting other people's insights is super important. So that was a skill that they, um, had already that they had practiced on each other and being able to apply that to me was very authentic, very, um, empowering and effective. I know that's something that I always ask my students to identify as well is what do you want feedback on? Um, and, and I'm also thinking for adults, I was recently giving feedback for, um, someone who's, you know, publishing a book. Um, and so I asked her, I said, what kind of feedback do you want? Um, you know, she had already specified that she didn't need copywriting. So that, that made me cheer because, you know, <laughs> Um, but that she did want, you know, some feedback, um, as me as a reader, you know, it's kind of like a first reader, um, but also, you know, structure, um, and, and different things like that. So having a focus for your feedback, I think helps as well. Mm, definitely. Definitely. So how does, um, writing and keeping a notebook sort of change your outlook as a, a person or as a teacher? Oh, where would I be without my notebook? Oh my goodness. I didn't, there was a long time in my life when I didn't keep a notebook. I told myself, I'll remember, <laughs> which was always a lie that I, that I didn't believe. Um, keeping a notebook, first of all, it's a, it became an amazing way to document life. You know, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and so many of the teachers in my uh, time to write group are keeping Corona diaries. Like they are documenting what life is like. And those someday will become, you know, primary sources. So yeah. those kinds of things, I write like stories about my own children, um, stories about what I'm thinking. I'll, you know, clip a, a newspaper article out of the paper because yes, I still get a paper paper every day. Um, <laughs> I haven't gone digital. I do like reading the newspaper um, and, you know, like right beside it, it gives me, it is a, what I, I guess what I want to say is when I first started, it had to be, I thought it had to be a certain way. I thought it had to be, you know, perfect. I couldn't cross words out. I couldn't, you know, couldn't really write what I wanted to write. I thought that there were like rules for write, you know, for writing in a notebook. And mm -hmm. as I, um, you know, as my writing practice grew, I realized like, I'm the one who makes the rules for my notebook. I can put whatever I want in here. I can do whatever I want in here. And that has been, you know, incredibly freeing as well. And also adds even more value to the notebook for me and to the writing, because it really is truly authentic to what I'm thinking and feeling. Mm. Um, I've also discovered uh, several years ago, I discovered, you know, we were talking earlier about writing to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, Julia Cameron does, uh, she's the founder of Morning Pages which is, uh, was a game changer for me. And what morning pages are is basically in a nutshell, 
uh, three pages of handwritten words, written first thing in the morning, like before you check your email, Facebook, you know, exercise, first thing in the morning. And you completely suspend your judge while you're writing morning pages. And you just let the words pour out. And in the process of doing that, that is where I learned how I, if I truly need to think about something, I need to write Mm -hmm. about it. Because there are thoughts that are like buried deep inside my brain that do not come out just in conversation. They come out in writing. And that, to me, has made me more creative. It's made me... um, a better problem solver. I'm able to think about things from different perspectives. I gain new insights on things I wasn't expecting. Like it's been like, I can't tell you how many times I write in my notebook and I'm like, aha, or Mm. oh, like (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. Um, And, you know, that's why I always encourage in Time to Write, we call them anytime pages because Time to Write usually meets in the evenings. And a lot of teachers are, you know, like, rush rushed in the morning for several reasons and they might not get around to writing until the evening and so the time to write group has renamed them anytime pages which is they can write them at any time in the day or anytime they're feeling their creativity blocked or they've got some thinking to do they just pull out their notebooks and write and they are the people who do that recognize how important that is that we give our students that free writing time too Hmm. and encourage them to use writing as a tool for thinking because right now most of what students are being taught is writing for a grade or writing for a specific reason. How many times do they, are they given the opportunity to explore um, their thinking and their feelings by just writing, by not being judged for what they're putting on the page, learning not to judge themselves. And that again is something that is not in, in a curriculum. It's not on the test, but it will ultimately make kids better writers and make writing teachers better writing teachers. So having that freedom to to explore. So this idea of using the notebooks is sort of one way that um, you can give permission, so to speak, for kids to explore what they're thinking, what they're reflecting about in sort of to develop their thinking, Mm -hmm. um, even about around a certain topic. Yes. 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 What questions do you Mm -hmm. have? I'm going to give you three minutes. I want you to write out any question you could think of about this topic, or I want you to create a list of 20 questions. You cannot stop until you have 20, right? So then you get that surface thinking out of the way and yeah. you get deeper. And then like when I would do that with my students and we would like come up with 20 questions on the board, I'd be like, all right, let's add 10 more. And they would groan, mm-hmm. but those last 10 were the deep questions that, yeah. that forced them to, to think, think deeper. Yes. So, yeah. So what? What kinds of, um, those seem actually really good strategies for sort of deepening kids, you know, critical and creative thinking, because, you know, brainstorming is a form of creative thinking, sort of linking 
ideas that um, are desperate, that don't seem very much alike. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, we've got something new. So what kinds of opportunities do you offer for teacher writers? Uh, well, right now, TeachWrite is in a transitional uh, phase. And I'm super excited because um, as the business continues to grow and as more people join our community, like the ideas that are coming out of it are amazing and are just so energizing. And um, I am currently offering two different workshops. One is my signature workshop, which is Time to Write. And basically what that is, is it is 90 minutes of meeting time where teacher writers from around the world come together for the purpose of writing. And we do a lot of writing during Time to Write. And Michelle, you were in it for several months. Uh, but really, I think what is even more important is the community and the conversation and the connections that come out of of the time to write because we always start like with a little before we actually start writing we start with a little um, chit chat about what's going on and people will ask questions they'll share ideas about what's going on in their classroom um, they'll ask writing questions we'll talk a lot about mindset um, those kinds of things like some of them have referred to time to write time as writing therapy mm. and that to me like that just makes my heart glow because it's that tells me like that is a, a necessary, valued, needed opportunity for for people. And I just, I love that. Um, and then I have a brand new uh, offering that I'm uh, just started offering. As a matter of fact, last night, I had my first night of this workshop. It's called the Just Write It Workshop. And what I have found in Time to Write is the important role that mindset plays in our lives as writers. And as a teacher who writes... I recognize all the times when I am procrastinating, making excuses, comparing myself to other writers, when I'm demanding perfection. Um, all of those things hold me back as a writer are also the things that might be holding my students back too, or students back as well. Okay. So I, this new workshop, the Just Write It workshop, is basically designed to help you overcome your fear and get your words written. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we are talking about mindset every week, specifically about writing fears and self-doubt and how those play out. And during the course of the workshop, the teachers who are in it, have I, they identify what we call a move project. And this move project is something that is going to challenge them and change them and move them forward as writers. And I said, if this project doesn't scare you, it's not the right project. Hmm. And um, we take, like, we have that accountability. We have the support. We set goals for ourselves each week. And we talk a lot about mindset. And what, what I'm hoping is that is also going to come out of this, in addition for, for these writers to be able to get over that hump of whatever was holding them back to write that book or, or establish that blog or share their writing with people where before they would be petrified to share it with anyone. I'm um, really hoping that it will come with the understanding that I, and what I told them is I'm like, you're not a unicorn. You're not the only one who experiences fear. We are going to learn from each other 
what that fear looks like, how it messes with us, and how we can overcome it. And we can learn from each other's experiences. And it has been Mm. really, really powerful. So that's called the Just Write It Workshop. Um, Mm. And that's is that is that for specifically if well, it sounds like you you can help clarify it for me, but it sounds like it's one, if you are maybe hesitant to write or put out your work into the world, that this is an opportunity for you to um, get support and accountability and obviously have walk, work through those conversations mm-hmm. of how to get that work into the world um, and how just to do that work. Is it meant for people who have specific projects that they want to complete or is, um, or is it a sort of a spectrum of people? It's actually, it's both like several of the writers in that group, the teacher writers in that group have a particular project they're working on. Um, and others are like, you know, I just am what's holding me back as a writer is that I am not comfortable getting feedback from others because I always see feedback as criticism and that criticism, um, you know, then I, I think I'm a horrible writer and then I stop writing and, you know, so it's for that person, it might not be one particular project. It might be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone to get, to move yourself forward as a writer. And we do a lot of work with like our thinking and using the um, how our thoughts affect our um, feelings, which affect our actions, which affect our results, mm-hmm. and how we can control our thoughts so that we get the results we want. So um, that's also been very powerful. So for like, for, can I give you an example? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for instance, let's say, Michelle, you gave me... Um, some feedback, some, a piece of your writing and you would ask me for feedback. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you give it to me on a Monday, it's Saturday and you haven't heard anything from me. Right. So yeah. the default thought might be, oh my gosh, she thinks it's horrible. She's not even going to respond. Okay. Right. And so then the feeling would be, I'm a terrible writer. The mm-hmm. Action is I stop writing. The result is I never pick up the pen again. Okay, so let's Mm -hmm. go back and let's change this. You give me your writing and it's Friday and you haven't heard from me. So your thought instead of, oh my gosh, it's horrible. She's, I'm so embarrassed. It could be um, maybe Jen is really busy and she hasn't gotten around to giving me writing yet. And so the feeling there that would be created would be, um, you know, patience. I'm mm. going to be patient with her. Maybe I'll shoot Jen an email and say, Hey, how's it going? I'm going to keep writing in the meantime. And the result is I stay writing. Whereas before I killed my, my writing dreams just because Jen happened to be sick and didn't get around to checking <laughs> her email for five days. Right. But yeah. our brains always seem to tend to go to the worst case scenario. Yes. And in this workshop, we're working on um, fixing that so that we don't let our brains go down that road and we can overcome those mindset setbacks so that mm. we can move ourselves forward as writers. And a lot of, for the people who are in the workshop, these things they're working on are things that they have been thinking about for a really long time. It's like those things that you really want to do or know you need to do 
but you've always just mm -hmm. been able to hide from them and say, I'll do it later. So this provides you some structure and some accountability and some encouragement yep. and some strategies for um, getting things done, right? Yeah. <laughs> to getting your project yep. done or to getting over the fear yep. of putting your yourself out yep. there, um, which so ties in, I think, with a, a lot of our touchstones, but specifically, I think that real world yes. opportunities touchstone. It's um, putting out your work into the world. Yes. Um, and sort of overcoming that fear of doing that and, and that fear of um, negative feedback. Um, and hopefully people are focusing on the people who are enjoying their work versus, you know, anyone who might not. Well, but we also have talked, like last night we talked about strategies. If you get negative feedback, how can you change your thinking about that? You know what? Maybe that person, your piece just wasn't the right piece for them. Maybe they're not yeah. your reader. Maybe they were in a bad mood. Maybe their dog ran away that morning. Maybe yeah. they don't get what you're coming from, like where you're coming from with something. Like we are so quick to have negative feedback be mm -hmm. a reflection of ourself and as, of our worth and value as a writer when really, eh, not my person, not my reader. I can take what I want, what works for me from that feedback, and I get to decide. Mm -hmm. As the writer, I get to decide what works for me. As our students, as the writer, you get to decide what works for you. It really is like taking control of your power as a writer and as a creative. And, you know, being able to say, hey, this is, I'm calling the shots because I'm writing the words. I don't want, my writing doesn't need to look like everybody else's. I'm going to be a voice, not an echo. I love that. Be a voice, not an echo. Mm -hmm. Wow. So if a, it's speaking of voices, actually, if a teacher is passionate about something, you know, whether that be writing or something else, you've created such a beautiful community with teacher. Right? I did have um, an opportunity to be part of the time to write um, experience and um, how do people go about building their professional community? Um, we're no longer sort of bound by our buildings, right. so to speak. Um, how do we reach out and get our voices into the world? Well, I think a lot of it begins with just being brave, right? And being able mm -hmm. to sit with the discomfort of waiting. And if you, mm. you know, like you said, like we, we don't, um, we don't, we're no longer confined by the boundaries of our classroom walls or our school buildings anymore. And there are people out there who want to connect and do what you do and have those conversations with you that are just waiting for you to ask. Okay, but you have to, it all begins with being brave enough to put it out there and to let it echo for a while. When I started, um, when I kind of started like reaching beyond my school and my, and my classroom walls, I started publishing a blog. And I remember exactly where I was at the moment I decided I was going to start publishing a blog and telling my husband, hey, I had this idea. I had this idea. I'm going to start writing a blog. I think it was like 2014, maybe 2013. 
No, it might have even been earlier than that because I was already writing a blog by the time I went to the writing project. Okay, well, we'll say it's been a while. Um, <laughs> math is not my strong point, so I'm a writer. Um, I started writing this blog and it felt safe. It was a risk for me in that I was actually putting my words like out in the world, but it was also safe because I wasn't sharing the blog post with anyone. I was just doing it for myself and to document like what was going on in my classroom and what was going on with my thinking. And then I started to share it with um, like blog posts, like the two writing teachers slice of life on Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. I started sharing there and started connecting and reading other people's posts and leaving like comments and making those connections. And that led me ultimately to meeting um, some of my very dearest friends now. I met mm. Michelle Hasseltine through blogging. I met Leanne Eck through blogging, Andy Shinborn. Like I met all these people through being brave enough to share my words, to let them sit in the chamber for a while while they, while I worked on getting brave for the next step. And then making those connections and, and, and don't get me wrong, like every person you try to connect with is not going to be like, hey, yes, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? Like there's going to be other people who you will never hear from again. Right. Not your people. Not, not your, your people. people. Move on. Try again. Love that. So as you know, and we've talked about a lot of our design touchstones today, mindset and relationships, real world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking, what educators do you admire that embody either one or all of these touchstones? That's a really great question. Um, I just want to give like a shout out to somebody that I really, really admire, who I have been blessed with being able to watch her transformation. And that is um, a teacher who is in my um, Time to Write workshop. She is also one of my community facilitators. And that is Donetta Norris, who is a second grade teacher in Mansfield, Texas. And when Donetta first came to Time to Write, she was very uh, shy and just very like unsure of herself as a writer. Um, but through her willingness to be brave and to try and to grow, um, Donetta is, she has blossomed and she brings her passion for uh, writing and her passion for being brave to so many other places, to her classroom, um, into the the work that she shares. It's just really been so exciting to be able to see see and witness her growth and be a little part of it has just been such an honor. Um, and and I think like anybody who's in the Time to Write workshop, Danetta is like at every one. She comes to every yeah. session. She's amazing. Um, I just, I adore her and I am so mm -hmm. proud of how she has just embraced her voice. It's, very it's like she's gone out there and expanded like her real world opportunities piece. Oh, yes, and she and she, she's just starting like watch out world because Danetta doesn't know this yet, but she's like going to do some pretty amazing things. 
If you'd like to check out the Teach Right workshops, go to teachrightacademy.com. And if you'd like to engage with Jen, a link to the Teach Right Facebook community and her email are in the show notes. In the next episode, I'm going to reveal to you a project that I started working on and that I feel really passionate about. And as you know, my word for 2021 is ask. So I'm going to ask you to be a part of it. Until next time, designers. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.